Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 309 of this daily study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we continue with our study of Mormon Chapter 7, this time moving into the section which is titled The Book of Mormon is of Great Worth. This is a really uh, important part of the Book of Mormon, I feel, as it helps us to understand just how important it is to us, just how it can really relate to our lives and what the writers intended for it. So we continue with what Mormon was speaking about. And in verse 6, it says, and, it, and, and he, meaning Christ, bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead, whereby man must be raised to stand before his judgment seat. So we were talking yesterday about uh, the need to believe on Jesus Christ and um, how Mormon wanted us to to listen, in particular the Latter-day Lamanites, but also all people to listen to his words so that they could prepare to meet Christ. And uh, this is how we do it. Some people may ask, you know, well, how can we be in the presence of God if we are unclean? If we ha- have not made, you know, the right choices or not repented, how can we meet in front of God to be judged? And it's because of the, the atonement of Jesus Christ. That makes it possible for us to be in his presence. Uh, Dallin H. Oaks, present Dallin H. Oaks said this, quote, The principle of restoration also means that persons who are not righteous in mortal life will not rise up righteous in the resurrection. Moreover, unless our mortal sins have been cleansed and blotted out by repentance and forgiveness, we will be resurrected with a bright recollection and a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our our uncleanness. The seriousness of that reality is emphasized by the many scriptures suggesting that the resurrection is followed immediately by the final judgment. So there will be this reckoning. There will be this day where we meet. And again, as has been said by many general authorities recently, it will be more of a judgment of not of the things we have done necessarily, but the things that we have become. Uh, And it's those acts that make us become who we are. Uh, And so... That is something to consider as we pray each night, as we ponder over our progress, as we look to see how we have changed. Is Are we changing for the better or have we not really made much progress in, in any case? Um, I do love, and I had to, as we're going through this chapter, I had to share verse 9, not because necessarily it refers to how we need to believe in the gospel of Christ, but I do love how in verse 9, Mormon writes about the Bible and its relationship with the Book of Mormon. So many people, you know, ask about the church and often they ask, you know, oh, we we have a different Bible. And no, that's not true. We have another testament. We have another record and another Bible, if they wish to call it that. But it isn't the same Bible. It's not the same stories. It's not uh, to try and contend with the Bible. They they complement each other. Um, And Mormon says this in verse nine, for behold, this is written, meaning the Book of Mormon, for the intent that ye may believe that, meaning the Bible. And if ye believe that ye will believe this, if ye believe that, the Bible, ye will believe this also, the Book of Mormon. And if ye believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers and also the marvellous work which were wrought by the power of God among them. Um, I just had to share that because it has to be made known that just as much as we believe in Jesus Christ and that this is his church and we don't worship any other individual or person, but we were other than the, other than the Godhead, we, we worship the savior. Um, people need to know as well that we also believe in the Bible. Um, it is a book of scripture for us. It is something which we we, we read from that we study from uh, and is very important. And finally, 
in verse 10 of Mormon 7, the final verse, the final words that Mormon gives to us, this abridger who has abridged all this record, this is what he says. He says, and ye will also know that ye are remnant of the seed of Jacob. Therefore, ye are numbered among the people of the first covenant. And if it so be that ye believe in Christ and are baptized at first with water and then fire and with the Holy Ghost, following the example of our Saviour, according to that which he hath commanded us, it shall be well with you in the day of judgment. Amen. It seems like a very, um, it's, it's not a very emotional farewell at this point. This is simply Mormon who has written, and don't forget, he has written out and he has recorded and he has abridged everything we read in the Book of Mormon. And you just think about all the wonderful things we have studied so far this year. He is the one that wrote that down or abridged it into a, into a record and made it possible. So this is a man who has been well immersed in the, in the Book of Mormon and in the records, because of course the Book of Mormon is only a hundredth part of what the Nephites recorded. So in all those other records, he, he immersed himself in that as well and was prompted to put in specifically what we have today as the Book of Mormon. And this is what he puts. And I just think it shows us again just where we should have our focus. Interestingly, it has the Gospel of Jesus Christ in there, which is important. But also it has the fact that the people that he is writing to are a remnant of the seed of Jacob, or in other words, the seed of Israel. Again, just the importance of the house of Israel and, and the house of Israel being gathered in this last day again shines through. Uh, and so it's no surprise why President Nelson is really pushing on this and saying that, that we need to be being part of this and taking an active part in the gathering of Israel. Um, and it's important, the fact that people are part of the house of Israel. George Reynolds and Jenny Matson Sajodal said this, quote, with a pride only exceeded by his knowledge of their mutual heritage, Mormon avers that they are the seed of Jacob, and as such are numbered upon, among those of the house of Israel. They are by the fact of being such as the priesthood, and children even if they were the wayward of the Most High God. They are entitled to every blessing of righteousness which the Lord, the mighty judge, promised if they only would repent and do no more the things which they should not do and do that which they should do. Close quote. The blessings available to those who are the seed of Jacob, the house of Israel, if they are See if they seek to make the right choices, and if they do make wrong choices, which they will, which everyone will do, to try and change those choices and repent, um, they are heirs of the priesthood. They are heirs of blessings of righteousness, which the Lord has promised, and that is why it is so important that we understand how important the house of Israel is. That is Mormon's last words, and he ends his part of the record there. And in chapter eight, verse one of Mormon. We find Moroni. Now, what is interesting here, first of all, and I don't really want to rush this. So, yeah, I've got plenty of time. Um, Mormon, uh, sorry, Moroni doesn't begin a new book. That's interesting. He continues in the book of Mormon within the book of Mormon. He's in Mormon chapter eight. He hasn't begun the book of Moroni. And we'll we'll have a look. We'll have a look at this in a minute. In fact, um, let's not rush into this now. Let's just start with verse one. Moroni says, Behold, I, Moroni, do finish the record of my father Mormon. Behold, I have but a few things to write, which things I have been commanded of my father. Um, out of Jeffrey R. Holland just tries to succinctly explain just what Moroni had to do. And I think if we thought Mormon's task of looking at the destruction of his people was difficult, 
Moroni has probably an equally difficult task of not having, well, I mean, he did witness the destruction of his people. I mean, he wasn't initially the one that was asked to lead in such a wicked state, the people in a wicked state. He saw this wicked state as he was growing up. But now this has all happened. He has a very painful experience to endure now as well. Uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, quote, following this dis- dismaying decline of Nephite civilization documented by his father, Moroni picked up the recorder's task, but he did not write to any living audience. Rather, he directed his final testimony, in fact, three final testimonies, to those who would receive the record in the last days. Moroni's experience was painful, for he observed in life, in history and in vision, the pollution and destruction of three glorious civilizations, his own Nephite world, the Jaredite nation, and our latter-day dispensation, close quote. Wonderful insight there by Elder Holland. We'll talk about the fact he gives three final testimonies um, in a, uh, probably tomorrow now. Um, but I think that is a particularly important aspect of this record, that Moroni does say farewell three times. But also he witnesses three, dis- three nations that are destroyed through their own unbelief and wickedness. His own nation, the Jaredite nation in the book of Ether, which he adds to this part of the record. And of course, our Latter-day dispensation. And we'll talk about as well how he has seen our day. Um, we'll finish with verse three. Again, just really trying to paint the contents of where Moroni is at right now. It says, And my father also was killed by them, and I remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. But behold, they are gone, and I fulfill the commandments of my father. And whether they will slay me, I know not. I mean, wow. <laughs> you can't imagine this, the sorrow and the, sad, the sadness that he feels and the, the loneliness. Gordon B. Uh, Gordon B. Hinckley said this, quote, who can sense the depth of his pain, the poignant loneliness and, that constantly overshadowed him as he moved about a fugitive relentlessly hunted by his enemies? For how long he actually was alone, we do not know, but the record would indicate that it was for a considerable period. His conversation was prayer to the Lord. His companion was the Holy Spirit. There are occasions when the three Nephites ministered to him. But with all of this, there is an an element of terrible tragedy in the life of this man who became a lonely wanderer. Close quote. Moroni indeed had further work to do, and he was to do it alone, um, painfully alone. Uh, And so as we go through now, uh, the remainder of the Book of Mormon within the Book of Mormon itself and the rest of the Book of Mormon, of course, um, hopefully we can try and see this picture of what he was coming to go through. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do follow the podcast. Uh, you can rate, review it, subscribe to it. You can also um, join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, uh, so we can share more of the good word on there as well and share what you've been studying. That would be lovely to hear. It's, I love hearing and having comments on that Facebook group. And you can email session at gmail.com that's ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode with me uh, to study. Thank you very much for listening and until we meet again.